I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Mate, I'm up. Not today, thank you, with Jake Yap. Morning. Did you hear that? That's proper frosty grass. All white and crispy. Magical. Love it. Good morning. How are you? (laughs) Welcome uh, to the podcast. Oops. Just negotiating the... Not really a gate. Wow, what a beautiful sight. Sun's coming up. The valley looks amazing. A rosy glow where the sun's already hitting it. All blues and greens. Here we are then, day two in France. And uh, I will explain why I'm in France uh, in, a, in a minute or two. Uh, lots of conjecture. It's, it's not that interesting. Well, it might be. I don't know. Uh, but uh, first of all, this is quite old news now. It seems the far right have got themselves their very own uh, Greta Thunberg-alike. Um, mate, leave it. Uh, she's not worth it. She is. There's a cockerel in the garden and two very beautiful chickens. I'm getting a bit gonzo about them. Anyway, uh, they've uh, the, the, having decried Greta Thunberg as being a stupid schoolgirl, uh, the far right seems to have got themselves their own uh, stupid schoolgirl in the climate propaganda war. Um, this is a woman called Naomi Seibt. Uh, she's 19 years old, and she calls herself a climate realist, okay? And uh, she's been doing speeches at uh, various conservative things, uh, the Conservative Political Action Conference, decrying climate alarmists, yeah? They are fear-mongering and using panic as a tool to restrict our freedoms. Her catchphrase is, uh, I don't want you to panic, I want you to think, yeah? Think about it, yeah? Uh, she says, uh, there's always been climate change, yeah? And uh, she's got 60,000 followers on YouTube. And uh, she says she's got absolutely nothing to do with, even though she is heavily promoted by the Heartland Institute. That's an Illinois-based think tank advocating free markets and questioning climate science. Yes, free markets, uh, that's always the way forward, isn't it? They they do so much uh, for people and planet. It's definitely the way forward. I mean... Uh, I kind of feel like um, 
these these little snowflakes, these crybaby rich white guys. Uh, it's it's not enough, is it, uh, to have all the money and the power and the status? Uh, they must be loved as well. I think that that's the sort of bottom line that we're getting, isn't it? Which which seems a little bit namby pamby to me. Uh, there was you're all snowflakes. You're all snow- well, you are. Uh, if if you can't handle the fact that we hate you. <laughs> But, you know, you're still unabashedly taking everything from us, uh, including the planet. Uh, You know, man up! That's all I've got to say on that. But I do look forward to a kind of uh, Marvel-style kick-ass movie franchise with uh, Greta versus Naomi. I think that that could be... uh, uh, Do you hear that? The nerve of it. Unbelievable, that cockerel. This has been tried before, this this whole kind of right-wing experiment thing. I mean, I've spoken before about satire and why uh, you don't need right-wing comedians if, if there's a right-wing government in. Uh, but uh, th- this has been attempted, this kind of attempt at a right-wingers kind of going, well, we'll, we'll do what they're doing. Ha ha ha! There was a show called The Half Hour News Hour. Uh, this went out on Fox and it was created by Joel Cernow, who um, he made 24, the, uh, the show with Kiefer Sutherland. And um, it was described... The, the original pitch was, uh, it's the daily show for conservatives. And uh, Joel Cernow said, uh, you could turn on any show and see Bush being bashed. Really? Uh, there really is nothing out there for those who want satire that tilts right. Yes, because that wouldn't be satire. That would not be punching up. <laughs> and uh, I thought I'd share with you some uh, what Wikipedia describes as historically poor reviews. Uh, the Chicago Tribune said, The humour is so predictable and so stale that it fails to produce any laughs. And the Philadelphia Inquirer commented that the half-hour news hour is slow torture all by itself. Yeah, this was probably at the time of uh, things like waterboarding, wasn't it? And uh, Metacritic, uh, the TV part of that, they uh, they do like composite scores based on prominent reviewers' opinions, uh, they gave it a score of 12 out of 100, making it the lowest-rated television production ever reviewed on its site. That's, I mean, that in itself is quite an accolade. But well done, right-wingers. Uh, why not? Why not have a go? <laughs> Come on, if you're hard enough. This Saturday, the ultimate champion of champions will be crowned yeah! in the Santander Microcake Decorating Final. Two ex-pro wrestlers, Mike Brisket, no one can decorate a tiny cake like I can, and Lucas Nichifor, a tiny cake for breakfast. <laughs> Each of them over 250 pounds of raw muscle with limited control. <laughs> have just 15 hours to decorate the smallest cakes in the world. Oh, f- Each man over six feet tall with a neck like a pig's thigh. Each cake the size of a pencil rubber. He's so hard, man. Come on. Fuck, I'm the f***ing unicorn. It's all wrong. Oh, f***. The ultimate test of nerve. The ultimately tiny cakes, no bigger than a piece of sweet corn. Oh, the Santander Micro Cake Decoration Heavyweight Final, Saturday from 8.30 on Sky Desperate. 
Um, thank you for your tweets. I'm going to say thank you for your emails, which I haven't yet managed to check. There's some very limited technology available to me at the moment, uh, but I will I will check them tomorrow. Uh, but uh, Martin tweeted uh, saying, just observing really, that uh, Pretty Patel's back on the news for shouting, swearing, bullying, and perhaps resigning yes i i saw that list too and it made me laugh and i imagined dropping all the g's on it uh and uh, carenza asked uh, can any of you or any other apostles uh, tell me why jake is in a field in france <laughs> heady observed uh, jake's in a field in france because jacques yap as he now calls himself is a cultural acquisitionist it's actually the best time of year to do it. I had a lovely holiday in 05, calling myself Claudio Zanzibar in Italy. Managed to take some volcanic rocks from Vesuvius. <laughs> uh, yes, I mean, obviously, I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of cultural appropriation. Uh, I do enjoy doing the occasional rap. That's not OK, is it? Uh, why, not, why not launch my own right-wing comedy satire show, Jacob? Um, why am I here? Why, why am I standing in a field in France? Uh, well... Because I think I have to change the the paradigm. I think I'm guilty of... I, I often kind of assume people know stuff about me and my life and, and there's no reason for them to know it because I don't really talk about it very often. Um, and, you know, there are various reasons for that. I'm walking further down the field. <laughs> if we need some privacy. Away from the cockerel. Um, I don't know. I... Uh, it, it does come down in a funny way to, to this podcast and why I'm making the podcast too. Um, I, I'm going to give you a potted biography of, of me, if that's all right, just because I, I don't know how much of it you know. Um, went to state school in southeast London, didn't didn't have a great time, a uh, lot, lot of kickings, and uh, had to change class in primary school, change secondary schools. It's quite rough. Uh, I believe something like 25% of the kids that were in my class in my first secondary school are now in prison, uh, according to someone I met up with, uh, who also ended up working at the BBC from that class, uh, who also apologised for having kicked me in the balls. Um, but she only apologised once. She did do it twice. Anyway, <laughs> she's a nice person. We were all just trying to survive. Uh, so uh, that was that. Then I went to Manchester University for 12 glorious weeks. Uh, couldn't really take that. Uh, I was doing a drama degree. I mean, it was bad enough. But I just, I, you know, I, I didn't know what I was doing. And I, I couldn't, there was no brief, ever. Uh, I remember uh, uh, my lecturer said, uh, I do need the essay in on Tuesday. I was like, wait, what, sorry, what, what essay? What, what's the essay about? And he said, well, what do you want it to be about? Yeah. I was like, mate, don't give me that. Uh, so, uh, I sort of fled in terror from that. I lived down the road from Aldi, one of the first Aldis in the country, and I used to drink Bonora, and I memorised the wording on the back of the label. It was so careful to get past EU legislation. It was a peach and orange flavoured, aromatised wine product cocktail. <laughs> How elaborate is that? So, um, came back home... Uh, mooched about, got quite depressed, tried to write things for the radio, sent them in, got like two lines on in about nine months, um, but got some work. I'm, I'm sort of everything you should despise, to be honest with you. My, uh, you know, for full disclosure, my dad 
had he was doing bits as a kind of sidekick on a radio show on the old radio five and because of that i got like an hour's work a week answering the phone for phone-ins it was just pity it was a pity hire um so yes it's all nepotism i don't belong here i'm a fraud bye (laughs) yeah i got that and then um danny baker god bless him quit the breakfast show on the old radio five and because of that they were scrabbling around trying to build a new radio show and didn't know what they were doing and they hired me which is a good example of how how little they knew at at 19 uh, to be the sort of researcher writer for the show and i you know i didn't i, I had a go i didn't know what i was i mean it was i was all right um but we sort of worked really hard and the bbc became like my university really because from there I got a job at Radio 4 doing uh, trails, the promos for uh, for shows. And uh, I then moved to Radio 2, where I became a producer at 20, making me the youngest producer uh, in the BBC's history, whatever Danny Wallace will try to tell you. <laughs> um, and that was where I learned everything. It's where I learned how to edit and mix. And I learned from some amazing people, including a guy called Kevin Rumble, who was a studio manager there. And they were like the music engineers. They, they really knew how to mix stuff. I'm not saying I do, but man, they did. Uh, Kevin was lovely. And uh, about six years later, he wrapped his car around a telegraph pole on the way home after a night shift. And I still miss him. Uh, I quit because I couldn't really take any more i'd had this idea uh i did a remix a dance remix of the floral dance for terry wogan who was working there at the time and i played it to him and said hey what do you think and he was like it's great and i said maybe we could release it as a charity single for children in need and he said that's a great idea and i said okay great so i went and told my boss and she went all right that's cool leave it with me and then i went on holiday and when i came back from my holiday, uh, Terry Wogan had released a remix of The Floral Dance as a single for Children in Need. And he hadn't done it with me. Uh, it wasn't my version, it was another version. It wasn't as good, <laughs> in all honesty. And it was um, quite depressing. And my boss didn't do anything about it. And I thought, well, obviously it was a good idea because it got made. Um, but no one's valuing my ideas in terms of me so I should probably get out of here so I I got out I got a show in the East Midlands and I went there and I did that on a new radio station called 106 FM where I uh, lived in a little bedsit and had my video nicked in the first week (sighs) just complaining now stop complaining you little whiny so um oh this field is wet uh, then what did I do? God, I started working for Victor Lewis Smith. Uh, probably the less said about that, the better. Uh, I made a show called TV Awful. I was a researcher and wrote a lot of the song lyrics for that, for the first series, and then I produced and directed the second series. Oh, God, this field is so wet. Why didn't I put my boots on? I'm an idiot. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't a great time. Uh, I mean, it was a great opportunity, but it wasn't a great time. I think that's a fair thing to say. I seem to have found a swamp. <laughs> oh, man. I'm such an idiot. Uh, what did I do after that? I can't bloomin' remember. I sort of did other bits and pieces with Victor. I did a terrible series called Z for Fake, 
uh, and that was all just catastrophic. And then I was very grateful to um, get a couple of weeks' work cutting promos for the BBC in TV. So I was making trailers for TV shows. Tonight at nine, the story of a woman. Bobby, no! The story of a woman, tonight at nine. Uh, it, was, uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, and because of catastrophic uh, tax debt, <laughs> which I hadn't really fully understood, I ended up with, with a huge amount of debt that I needed to clear. And there was a job going at BBC America. And I took it because it was a good package deal for relocation. And that would help me out a lot with the debt. So I went and lived in Washington, D.C. for two years. That was fun. Um, it was quite fun uh, at first. And then I got quite homesick. And uh, I found myself like editing. is quite surreal. Editing promos for things like ground force or changing rooms uh, in a small room uh, in Washington, D.C. Uh, for people who couldn't understand a word of it. I would take my cut, my edit, to uh, an online editor, an American guy, uh, to get it all finished up. And I said, what, what do you think of it? What do you, what do you, what do you think of the, uh, what do you think of that clip there? And he said, yeah, it's fine. I mean, I can't understand a word he's saying, but it's fine. That was Will. Do you remember Will on Ground Force? Anyway, <laughs> no one could understand what he said. So um, I did that. It was, uh, yeah, it all just got too much. I came home. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
And then I got some work, uh, thanks to a nice man called Steve Doty, I got some work writing on, never mind, the Buzzcocks, and I sucked at that. I think I got about one line on in three series, uh, but they kept bringing me back, and I was very grateful for it. I didn't, I didn't hugely enjoy it. It was very much a kind of alpha male jockeying thing, and uh, that's never really been my my forte uh it's a room full of men trying to prove they're they're the best um and generally when i'm in that environment i'm like yes you you definitely are well done you (laughs) because i can't i can't really cut it rice's rooms have got a lot better since then but that that was particularly bad i would say uh i made a series for what was then called radio seven uh, BBC Seven, uh, and is now Radio Four Extra, uh, called Pleased to Meet You, uh, with a wonderful man called Martin Kellner, who gave me my first ever p- sort of presenting break. Uh, he'd been working at Radio Two, and I, when I was there, and I gave him a tape of Dora Dale, basically, and um, he uh, sort of nodded politely and said, "Yeah, thanks. I don't think I'm going to be playing this out on Radio Two." <laughs> But then he listened to it in the car and said, hey, this was quite funny, um, and I might play it out on this new uh, show I'm doing on Thames Valley FM. Do you fancy coming along and being a, a bit of a zoo? Because uh, zoo format radio was very big in those days. And I said, wow, yeah, that'd be amazing. And I remember I was driving, and it was like May, and it snowed, and I got there really late, and I thought, well, it's not going to matter. I'm just part of a zoo. There's going to be, like, ten people in the studio. And I got there, and it was just him and just me. And I felt terrible. And uh, it was the beginning of a lifelong friendship, really. Uh, he's a wonderful man, and he launched the career of Carolina Hearn, Mrs. Merton, and he very much launched mine in terms of uh, broadcasting. So I owe him uh, an awful lot. So we did that series. Uh, it got nominated for an award. We lost. That's fine. So I've always been just sort of doing things and making things and seeing what would happen. And I tried sort of stand up along the way as well. Um, and never really found my voice in stand up. I don't, I'm not very good at stand up. It's not my thing. I, and that's okay. I've spent about 30 years trying to figure out what, what to do. <laughs> you could argue. Why bother, Jacob? Why why do this? But there's always that impulse, that that that, that drive to to make stuff, and I love making stuff. So I was still sort of making promos here and there. By then, I was doing voiceovers for Dave, and that was a real lifeline for for ten years. I I was kind of the voice of Dave, um, and that all ended somewhat abruptly last year. But I'll, I'll not not through anything I've done. I've been a short. <laughs> Uh, just a policy change, uh, but um, they won't let perverts in that. No, so um, anyway, I got to twenty thirteen, and uh, Kim, my partner, was pregnant, heavily pre- about as heavily pregnant as you can get. It was the day before she gave birth to Spike, my son, who's now six and a half, uh, and. I sort of thought, well, I think I've come to the end of the line here. I don't think I can go on pretending that I'm viable as a kind of writer-performer. I need to get a proper job in an office. I'll, I'll probably end up doing promos again um, and 
you know, it's time to just grow up and, and accept the reality of it. So very much as a kind of adieu, uh, I did uh, a clip on YouTube called Radio 4 in 4 Minutes. Um, and it was very much a kind of like, well, what was the point? You know, I, what's the, what was the point ever of having tried? Because I tr- made pilots and put in scripts and, you know, had meetings for, for decades and, and got nowhere with it. And it was a, a, a real sort of despairing, well, that's that then. And I put it out and uh, I remember the next morning we were in the doctors and Kim had had enough of being pregnant by then. She was like, I want this done. And it was it was the day that Spike was due. And we were sitting there and I just checked my phone and I could see this insane feed uh, of reactions to Radio 4 in 4 Minutes. Like people that had, had I'd never interacted with ever before. People like Armando Iannucci and Graham Linehan and uh, Chris Addison saying, this is hilarious, and retweeting it. And so Kim was like, I can't take in another minute of this. I'm saying, darling, darling, look, look at my thing. Look, darling, darling, my ego, my ego. Uh, so uh, <laughs> I, uh, the way I said that implied that Kim was talking about her baby, our baby in terms of her ego, and I absolutely don't mean that. My, you, you understand what I'm saying. I'm very tired. I'm trying to get through this. This has been really long. And... Uh, where did I get... So, yeah, so that happened. And then from that, Charlie Brooker contacted me on Twitter and said, would you be interested in polluting my next series of Weekly Wipe? And I said, well, obviously. So I did that. And then, um, <clears throat> you know, enjoyed this kind of resurgence where people would ask me to do things in two minutes, which was great. And then uh, Danny Wallace, bless him, I uh, was working in development uh, in BBC Radio Comedy and kind of thrust me forward saying you should do something with him. And that's kind of how I got my series on Radio 4, which took about four years to germinate uh, and was OK. But, I mean, yeah, with all of these projects, you you sort of end up delivering something to please whoever your client is. It's It's not, you know... And it would be silly to, you know, to imagine it would be anything other than that. But it's, uh, I don't know. (laughs) I've spent a long time trying to kind of please other people and and conform to, to other expectations. Pam Ayers Gate might be a good example of, of that. Uh, I don't. I don't actually like upsetting people, and I'm not particularly, uh, you know, a sort of cynical or scathing person. I don't think, uh, but uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what to do now. Well, I do. I think. Uh, I mean, that's the point. This is where we sort of finally come to the podcast and what are you doing in France? Um, the last year has seen uh, a dramatic uh, shelving off of of work. Um, Pretty much my only employer, and I want to give a heartfelt shout-out here, uh, is uh, BBC Radio 4 Extra, who are absolutely the exception to all of this. They are the loveliest people to work for, and um, they... I've never been given in broadcast such uh, creative freedom or, or appreciation, really. Um, they are just just wonderful people to work for, 
and um, when you get feedback that says things like uh, you have ruined sex for me that's from uh, a book at bath time that I did with John Holmes <laughs> and yet they still broadcast it you, you have to you have to admire that uh, and so they are wonderful and they are quite the lifeline um, but other than and the, but but you know they 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 have a budget of about 9p so um it's i can't i can't make a living from that so i'm sort of i found myself confronted by a, a bit of a quandary uh towards the back half of last year of well you know is it time to grow up again and get an office job and you know pack your ego up son and uh you know or or do we do we try something else uh and this podcast feels a bit like doing the radio four in four minutes thing it's it's a kind of a last throw of the dice in a way in as much as um i can't really think of anything else to do now uh the world of broadcast has has kind of moved on i'm not really what they're after uh nowadays and that's good on a broader level you know that's brilliant on a on a more specific focused level i don't know how to buy my child footwear anymore but the plan is uh to keep on going with the podcast and see what what happens with it kim my partner is uh an artist and a, a very wonderful artist and she she slightly has had a parallel thing where she kind of got corralled a bit into painting cats. And, you know, she likes cats and she likes painting cats, but I think, I think there's other things she'd like to be painting. And she's... Uh, her name's Kim Haskins, if you want to check her stuff out. But um, she's had this extraordinary thing over the last few years where there's been this industrial-scale piracy of her images. So um, you can see uh, mobile phone cases, uh, car seat covers, embroidery kits, uh, you name it, T-shirts um, with her artwork on uh, coming out of China. And there's been almost nothing she can do to stop it. Uh, and I'm talking about stuff being sold uh, on Amazon and eBay and Walmart uh, like really, really a wish, really big websites, just just uh, suppliers to them lifting her images whole scale. So that's been quite dismaying. <laughs> uh, she's getting, she's got some proper licensing deals now, which is really great, and people can buy her prints and things now properly. But um, it, it's been, you know, it's been quite hand to mouth, I would say particularly the last year so you know we we have various options we can stay where we are living in downtown bedford which i think you'll agree is uh, the home of sophistication and glamour uh i remember saying to danny wallace uh years ago when we were working on a, a pilot thing i said you know I'd, I'd love one day you know if if, if things worked out right i'd love to live in bedford and he laughed and said, ha, you will never live in Bedford. Um, which was an amusing joke for him, uh, living in his fabulous house in Islington. Um, <laughs> but I, reader, I got to Bedford. I lived in Bedford. I, I am living in Bedford. 
and uh, it's 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 a nice house. It's not a great street, but it's a nice house. But I don't think we can afford it anymore. So the idea is that we're going to sell that house. We might be able to buy a small flat in Bedford, still living the dream. Um, but what we could do, what we can do, is buy something more sizable in France, and then split our time. And bizarre as it sounds, although it seems insanely decadent. It's actually a cheaper way of cutting our cloth and still having enough space to do work and not go insane. So I'm in France looking at houses, really mad houses, because you can buy a house in northern France for, I don't know, £35,000, uh, which seems, seems reasonable, really. So that's what we're doing. And um, I'm sorry, this has been really long and self-indulgent. Um, but one of you asked. <laughs> and I thought I'd tell you uh, what I'm doing here. And just to come back to the podcast. I love this podcast so much. Um, and not to be overly uh, emotional about it. You know, for all the stand-up I've done, for all the the sort of the the offices I've worked in and stuff, I've I haven't I, since maybe at Radio Two, I haven't really felt like I belonged anywhere. I don't I didn't know I didn't know how to find an audience that uh, liked me. I've got the haircut of a Tory. I understand. You know, these things are very uh, unhelpful, but. Um, uh, th- this podcast means so much because um, you're just so lovely and uh, you're, you sort of let me be me and you seem to be okay with that and uh, it's really nice I'm not uh, you know I'm not I'm not I'm not uh, I sort of want to say resilient I mean I'm not I, I find it hard to shrug criticism off I suppose, and I think that's why I find things like stand up hard and um you know I think I, I, this all sounds very precious, doesn't it but i i um it's really lovely that you have all kind of just electively joined me on the podcast it it really i it means a lot um It's hard sometimes. I mean, it's not hard like being in Yemen, is it? Jesus. But sometimes it's it is it's 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 hard to keep going because you don't really know why you're doing it. Um, but with you here, I do. Um, so thanks. <laughs> um, yeah. Weeping Softly in a French Field. <laughs> Jake's Autobiography, Volume 1. Um, thanks for your company. I shall, uh, I shall leave this here. Look, it was a one-off. It's a, a, a self-indulgent moment. I hope you'll forgive me. And um, I shall do something more normal tomorrow. I'd like to talk about the uh, human mushroom experiment of Julian Assange. Uh, so, <laughs> see you then. Bye-bye. Thank you.
This has been a Swanburst Media production. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.